Amen. Can you hear me now? <laughs> Just like a commercial. I'm not used to putting this on. I'm used to just being the bass player that sneaks off to the side. The man behind the curtain. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. I know some of you guys are so young you don't even know what the Wizard of Oz is. But <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. I think it's interesting how the, how the Lord works. The Lord put on my heart this message, and uh, it's, I, I believe in balance. When I'm teaching the scriptures, you know, I, I've seen many preachers that preach. If if they're going to teach on a particular topic, it'll be more like a like you would if you were preparing for a debate team. Like they're only going to tell you the scriptures that are going to match their side of their belief or their their feeling, the, the point that they're trying to push. I personally don't believe in doing that. I, I don't want confusion. I want people to know what the Word of God says when I'm done. So, <clears throat> so I like to teach the whole balance as best as I can. I, I'm certainly not perfect. Uh, most people aren't. I think there was only one that was perfect, and he's Jesus, and he's coming to take us home to be with him someday. But we're supposed to be striving for that perfection, striving to be more like him. So we're going to look at some scriptures that look a little bit on two different sides of the, of the thing here. We were just talking about how to be saved. Ephesians 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. We're not saved by what we do. It's not by how much money you donate to the church. It's not by how much money you plant in my ministry, as, as many preachers have taken advantage of. It's not about that. Yes, that's a that is something you can do that's good that you should want to do if you're saved. But to be saved, it's not like I can earn salvation. It's like if I say all the right prayers and I do the right things, then God's going to save me. And I've seen some people go the other extreme. It's kind of like they, they, say, they, give the, they say the prayer of salvation at whatever age. They, they see a need. They say, okay, I'm going to pray to be saved. And then they live like the devil the rest of their lives. But they, but they feel that, hey, since I said that prayer, that's my fire insurance. I'm safe now. I'm not going to the lake of fire. I'm good to go because I was told that if I, if I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life, then I'll be saved. Well, that's true. The Bible says that if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. If you really believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and you make him the Lord of your life, what that means is you're going to try to do what pleases him. Doesn't mean you'll be perfect. Doesn't mean you'll never do something stupid again or sin again. Um, you can ask my wife. She'll verify that I fall into that category on occasion. Um, I don't think as many uh, occasions as she thinks, but, but still, I'll agree that I'm not perfect. Not even close. I'll, I'll even go that far. I'll even say I'm not close. But 
but we're to strive to be more like Christ. We're to strive to do what pleases Him. If we really believe, if we make Him the Lord of our life, like I said, that means we're going to try to do what pleases Him. And the way to know what pleases Him is to read, his, read the Scriptures. That's a good start. And to pray and to seek the Lord and, and to ask the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, Lord, what do you want me to do in these situations? How do you want me to live? How can I be a witness and a testimony to others? So, so again, we see that, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works that no man can boast. So you can't, to start with, for that very first start, you can't earn salvation. But thank God that God loved us so much. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank God that He loved us so much to do that for us. We're going to look at the other side of the coin, though, today, a little bit. We're going to look at James chapter 2 is where we're going to start, starting at verse 14. James chapter 2, starting at verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith, but has no deeds. Can such a faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So you get that. We're, we're to receive the Bible. We're to receive God's Word as little children. We're to come to Him as little children. This is pretty point blank here. What, you see somebody starving. You see them in need. You say, hey, brother, I wish you well. I wish you well fed. I wish you well health. God bless you. See you later. And we don't give him any food. What good is that to him? We didn't help him at all. We just kind of blew him off and said, hey, take care, man. I'll be, I'll be praying for you. I, I got you. I got your back. Yeah. No. But some, <laughs> James continues on here. He says, but someone will say, you have faith. I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is a God, there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You know, even Satan himself believes in God. He believes in Jesus Christ. He knows Jesus Christ is Lord. He tries hard to not make him Lord. He tries hard to tempt him into doing stupid things like he did when Jesus was on this earth. However, Jesus kept coming back with the scripture. He didn't cuss them out. He didn't punch them in the nose. He just said, this is what the word of God says. Period. <clears throat> he says, you show me your faith without deeds. I will show you my faith by what I do. If you have faith in God, real faith in God, you're going to try to do what pleases him. You're going to want to bless other people. You're going to want to help other people. You're going to want to 
help witness to other people, not just go to church on Sunday morning and then the rest of the week you don't tell anybody about the Lord. And in fact, even the people that you work with or see at home, they don't even know that you're a Christian because you haven't told them. That doesn't do anybody any good. We need to be about the Father's business just like Jesus did when he was here on this earth. You foolish man. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteousness for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. I don't know about you, but I like that. I would want I want to be called God's friend. God had a few friends. You remember Moses was kind of the same deal. David was kind of the same deal. And we know David really screwed up. I mean, David committed adultery with Bathsheba and had her husband killed. All all underhandedly, all all behind the scenes, so nobody would know what had happened, he thought. Till Nathan the prophet walked up to him, pointed his bony finger right in his nose and said, Hey, this is what you did, isn't it? That's not that's my paraphrase. That's not exactly how that worked. But he says, he tells him this story. David gets mad at the story and he says, Who is this guy? I want he should he should be put to death or whatever. And Nathan says, You're that guy. And and the people were gonna kill him. He's like, No, no, no. Don't lay a hand on him. He's absolutely right. I'm wrong. What I did was wrong. It was sin. I sinned against God. I sinned against that everybody. That's where our hearts need to be. We need to be friends of God. We need to be men and women after God's own heart. We need to desire to please the Lord and to serve the Lord. You see that a person is justified by what he does, not just by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the harlot, Rahab the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she hid the and gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. He's coming out point blank. Rahab was a prostitute. She was a Gentile. However, when the spies came, went over, the Jewish spies, to to seek out the land, she hid those two men of God. And, And the only thing she asked is that, you'll remember me and save my family when you take over this country. We know that you're going to take over this country. We know the good the huge things that you've done, what you did in Egypt, and I just want to be safe. I'm all for you guys. And they did save her and actually brought her into the promised land with him, kept her, kept her safe. I want to look at 2 Timothy real quick, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, All Scripture 
is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So all scriptures God-breathed. <clears throat> like I said, I like to teach whatever the Bible says on a topic. You know, I mean, obviously some topics, it would be a 10-day sermon if you did that. So you don't have that option. Some topics are talked about a whole lot in the scriptures in New and Old Testament. Some, some topics are talked about in a little amount. But I don't want to teach people my opinions and my thoughts and what I feel. I really pray that God shows me the truth and that I teach people what the truth is. Or at least give you enough scriptures on both sides so you can analyze it and, and come to your own conclusion. Hopefully the right one. I want to blast over to Matthew chapter 25. And this is really the heart of the message here. <clears throat> or, or really it's a continuation of what we just read about in James. Matthew chapter 25, we're going to start on verse 31. Matthew 25 verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another as a, sheep, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right hand and the goats on His left. Okay, first of all, <clears throat> excuse me, my throat's drier than the Sahara Desert. Um, First of all, I want you to realize that there is many churches out there, many many good churches, many people that love the Lord that thinks that this scripture is talking about the what we call the rapture of the church. Even though the word rapture is not mentioned in the Bible, it's the catching away of the saints, gathered up to be with the Lord forever and ever, and so shall they be forever with the Lord. It's our blessed hope, the Bible says, the catching away of the saints. This... <coughs> is not that event. I'm, I'm believing this event to be taken after this that event. And the reason why is, it's not talking about, this is a real event mentioned here in Scripture. And it's not talking, it's not saying, he took some up, up into glory with him, and he left some down there on the earth. We know that there's a time, <clears throat> at least a thousand years, a little bit more than a thousand years, that, that things are going to happen after that rapture occurs. We know that there's the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. There's a lot of things that go on. Satan gets free for a short time to roam the earth. Things happen. I don't know exactly how it's going to look like. I haven't been there yet. And to be honest with you, I kind of hope I miss a lot of that event, some of those things that happen. I don't know how it's going to roll out. <clears throat> Excuse me. But here, when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him. So this is people from every nation is going to be there in His presence. In, in heaven, not, well, in, in the clouds in heaven, wherever, in His heavenly glory. This, there's no mention of earth at all, and we'll get more into that in a second. But all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people 
one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. He's talking about those people that are right there, right now, at least the sheep. And he's saying, whatever you did for one of these folks, you've done unto me. <clears throat> you notice here in this scripture, he doesn't say anything here about repenting of your sins about making me the Lord of your life, which are A1, top priority of importance. But these, this isn't what he's saying to these people. These people, I believe, have already done that to a degree. Maybe not made them the Lord of their life like they should have, but they realize that, hey, I need a Savior. I'm messed up. I want you, and for whatever reason, that was as far as they went. They just, they either did stuff at one time and didn't in the end. If you look at the book of Revelation, we don't have time now, but if you look at Revelation chapters 2 and 3 and read them, you'll see warnings to seven different churches, groups of people, <laughs> nations, different churches that all were saved but they all had something screwed up in them, too. Some of them even said, hey, I'm proud of you. You've done this, this, and this. Thank you very, very much. That's awesome. He says, but you lack one thing. You lack this area. Please fix this area, and you can be sure that you're going to spend eternity with me. If you don't fix this area, your lampstand may be pulled out from its place. In other words, you may end up in the lake of fire anyway. There's seven different churches that he gave warnings to. I like the church in Philadelphia the best because they seem to be they seem to get the more blessing out of all those groups. The rest of them, some of them got some pretty hard, hard rebukes, like straighten up or your shape up or ship out kind of thing. I, I don't want to hear that too much from the Lord. But I'd rather hear it now while I'm alive and while I have the power to change it than to hear it after I go on to glory and hear, you're all screwed up. Sorry, you're cashing out. And this is what's going to happen right now. <clears throat> so these, these sheep, they say, oh, when did we see you hungry and in prison and, and you needed clothes and we clothed you and we visited you and you were sick and 
you know, you needed food and we fed you and gave you drink. When, when did we do all this stuff? And he says, what you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you've done unto me. Then the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Yep, whatever you've done for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you've done it, you did it for me. Verse 41. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Keep in mind, like I said, these are people who think that they're saved. Who think that, hey, you know, I said the sinner's prayer once. Maybe I even donate a bunch of money to the church. You know, maybe I, maybe I went to church every Sunday. But I didn't do any of these things that Jesus told me about. I didn't even know they mattered. I did Because I didn't pay much attention in church anyway. I just kind of showed up, put in my time. You know, I slept through half the services. So, I, you know, what's, what's he talking about this eat and drink and all this stuff? Well, this is what he's saying. The king will reply to the good guys, to the sheep on his right, what you've done for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you've done it for me. Then he'll say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? I mean, shoot, if we'd, we'd recognize you. I mean, if, if you needed something, yeah, we'd jump right out and do it. You know, we're not stupid. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd do anything for you, Lord. He will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is not talking about the rapture of the church, my friends. This is an event separate from that. This is not the... the the bad guys stay on the earth. The ones who didn't make Christ the Lord of their lives, the good guys go up into heaven. That's going to happen. That's a real event. And it's going to come with a lot of bad times afterwards and a lot of heartbreak and misery. But this is an event where everybody, all these people, were before the Lord at the, at the judgment seat of Christ puts the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. They're all thinking, hey, we should all be together. I mean, we're, we're one big family, you know. We're, we're all part of the kingdom of God. Everything's great. He tells these guys on the right, hey, you did this, 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 and this, and this, and all these things. And they, and they asked, they said, when did we do that? We don't remember. We don't remember. We don't remember doing all these good things for you, Lord. I mean, we would have done it if you were here, but we didn't remember doing it. When did we do that? And he says, "What you've done for one of the least of these, you've done unto me." And the other guys, he said the same thing, but he says, "You didn't do these things." 
Therefore, you will enter into eternal punishment prepared for the devil and his angels. Friends, I want so much that when I see the Lord face to face, when I'm there before Jesus Christ, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. I certainly do not want to hear, depart from me, I never knew you, or depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal punishment prepared for the devil and his angels. That is a sad, sad, sad day. Once you die, there's no change in what you've decided in this life. Today is the day of salvation, my friends. Today is the day for us to make a decision. Maybe you went to church all your life. But you have to make that decision in your heart, not just with your mouth. you got to make it with your mouth, but you also need to make it with your heart. And as we read, even from James, if you have faith, true faith in God, you are going to show your faith by what you do. You're going to care about others. You're going to help others. You're going to forgive others. Jesus said, forgive them as I have forgiven you. He who has not forgiven his brother, I'm not going to forgive. That's a tough word. We need to be loving. We need to be forgiving. We need to be caring. You know, God truly is so good. He's done so much for us. Even stuff we don't deserve. Most of what we don't deserve, actually. Because He loves us. Christ the Lord of my life? Have I really made him the Lord of my life? Have I asked him to forgive me of my sins? And then have I moved away from those sins? Jesus loves everyone. He desires, the word says that God desires that none should perish, but that all should have eternal life. But he gives us a free choice to do what we want to do. If we make him the Lord of our lives, we need to truly make him the Lord of our lives by what we do. You remember Jesus said several times, and so did the apostles when they were witnessing to somebody. They would say, maybe they healed somebody of a physical healing, 
a physical ailment, and they said, now go and sin no more. Jesus even had one time where he said, your sins are forgiven, now go and sin no more. That's where we need to be, where we desire to sin no more. Will we sin again? Sure. We will make mistakes. We will screw up at times. But we need, when we do, thank God that we have an advocate between us and the Father, Jesus Christ, that when we pray to God in Jesus' name and ask Him to forgive us, He will because He loves us. We need to give our lives to Him wholeheartedly. Just as I Savior, that today would be their day. Today would be their day of salvation, Lord. Please touch hearts where they need to be touched. Touch my heart where it needs to be touched, Lord. Help us to continually strive for perfection, to strive for getting closer and closer to you, Lord, being more like you. Thank you again for this honor and privilege, Lord, that we can get together and worship you and read your word. Lord, bless each one as we leave here today that we would be changed for your honor and glory, Lord, that as we walk out of this place that we would be different than we came in, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If anyone at all needs prayer for anything, prayer for healing,
maybe prayer for salvation, maybe prayer to overcome a, a sin or a struggle in your life, please feel free to come and talk with um, Pastor Dan or myself or anyone else here.